0: Hello, this is John Renaud and you're listening to the Mobile Radio Carnival via the CEF.world. Check us out, Uncommon Genius for the Common Types.
1: Hello, I'm Wiley Bo Walker and you're listening to the Mobile Radio Carnival.
0: Damn, buddy, you are a quick study, my friend. I like it. I liked it too, because it, it was good to see your, your, be able to see you because uh, we, as we talked about, like I got to see your expression. I'm like, going, damn, you know, I, I say, hey, why don't you write it down? And you're like, I don't need to do that, John. It's one freaking sentence. <laughs> but glad yeah. to have you on, man. I'm excited. You, uh, you are just uh, a tremendously talented blues guy. Um, and we're going to get some of your music into the podcast here soon. D- did you start off in blues?
1: um no no obviously not i started playing um when i was really young i i I bought my first bass guitar i think when i was about 11 years old Ah, Um, but i'd always always been into music and my sister um she was into all the, the stuff like the beatles and the stones so i got into that more than anything else my big revelation i think was uh, cuz I'm I'm rather um, long in the years here john <laughs> well i i might
0: have you beat brother so i get it though
1: so but there was a, there's a program in the uk it's called top of the pops and when i was a kid i was really little and um this band came on top like as i said my sister she liked the beatles and the popular kind of thing which is great and i, I still love all that stuff um uh, but this band came on called cream oh yeah um, oh, and yeah. it was jack bruce and uh, Ginger Baker was sitting there in a suit of armor playing his drum. Obviously, he was maiming playing his drums, and Clapton, of course. And uh, that, as a as a, a wee boy, effectively, I thought, "Wow, that is just something else." And I think yeah. they were playing "I Feel Free," or it was an early single, anyway. And uh, that turned my head, out. and from that, I just started spending my pocket money on stuff that both at that time I liked Clapton, but it was Jack Bruce who is a fellow Glaswegian, um, and I just loved his music, his voice, and everything like that, and I was a, a real big fan of Jack Bruce for, well, I still am, you know, he's, he's great, but, um, you know, there's tons of great music in the world, but, you know, yeah. he was the first thing that that, that that turned me on to that, and, of course, these guys were playing blues, but that sort right. of British blues and I, I then went back and discovered john mail and all that kind of stuff but uh it, it was jack bruce and clapton and ginger baker that first turned me on to that when i said well yeah. i'd say
0: that's a damn good start too man um i can i was gonna lead right into uh the idea that a lot of times i hear your music and it's it's very solid blues yet some of the guitar riffing uh, tends to be more like that, more like uh, the British idea of American blues. And it's always fabulous to hear. Um, what was that term you used? glasconian No, that's not what you said.
1: Glaswegian. <laughs> Glaswegian.
0: Um, that's interesting. Yeah.
1: That, that's somebody who comes from Glasgow Scotland and uh, yeah I,
0: I figured that aspect but I just yeah. I don't think I ever heard that I just interviewed uh, a guy who's from Glasgow as well uh, Roger Roche from Pilgrim Speakeasy okay and, and it's really interesting because I didn't realize that that's where you were from as well and I thought wow how strange that the two guys from there are right in a row on my my uh, you know guest <laughs> list I thought it was really cool man
1: uh, um, yeah it's yeah, I, I don't know the chat, but uh you know there's there is a, a, a good scene. I guess all big cities have um good scenes of great musicians. But yeah. uh yeah, yeah, there was something there was something about Glasgow. When I was growing up, there was a you know, and, and when I started probably underage drinking and going to bars watching bands, I, I used to go and watch this guy called Alex Harvey, who you probably know Alex Harvey or possibly know Alex Harvey, but for me he was a great performer, you know, and, right. and a lot of my ideas of, of how somebody is a great frontman would perform as it comes from Alex Harvey. I just, I just love, and it's a, it's a Glaswegian thing. Um, the sense of humor that he's got, it's kind of quite dark, quite, it's almost New York. No, New, a lot of New York guys, right. you know, their sense of humor is quite dark as well. So, uh, I think you're West coast, aren't you?
0: Well, I am, a I am a Californian at this point, but I started off in Detroit. So Roger and I were talking about the similarities of like working class towns, uh, that being Glasgow and a yeah. couple others and, and how the music is, uh, it's a very interesting savior for a lot of guys in working class towns. So that's why Detroit, I think had such a, uh, solid
1: music vibe going for it. Um, yeah. And, well, you know and there's still you know people coming out of detroit who are yeah um you know great you know absolutely fantastic talent. and it just did
0: just a whole range of like uh types of music too that that kind of was fostered in detroit um uh, but again it's i think it was the whole idea of, of working class and uh y- you know there's some kind of release to going out and listening to some rock and roll live that tor- type of thing you know so that's what he was indicating. Glasgow was a bit like. Is that was was that your experience as well?
1: Pretty much, um, you know. It's, it's I guess all these big cities uh, and New York's the same. Um, you know, all these big cities have there there's certain clubs and and people who are um, of a certain ilk. I guess you know, it's yeah. not everybody that, that that wants to go and and seek out the alternative kind of music and that lifestyle kind of thing, but. For um, for musicians, yeah, um, there was a certain scene when I was, it, you know, it, it, it changes over time at the, the point. Um, when I was growing up, there was a, a few bars that would play the kind of music I wanted to listen to. You know, you had guys like Jimmy Doerr singing. Um, he, he went on to play with Robin Trower and stuff. And one of my favourite vocalists of all time, Frankie Miller, great singers coming out of... You know, extreme poverty and and, and right. Glasgow. Um, it, 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 when I was growing up, it wasn't the Glasgow City of Arts which it became in the eighties. There was no, you know, that's when money started getting poured into the place. Uh, prior to that, it was it was run down. You know, it's kind yeah. of uh, you know tenements and 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 I guess what uh, in America you call that's uh, not ghettos per se, but you know, it's kind of run down housing. You know, cheaper housing for, for
2: yeah. people, and, and that
0: that's the same that happened to Detroit as well. It's uh, it's, I think it's on recovery at this point, but uh, same thing is the working class strife and all of that. And then the the mm. neighborhoods went into ruin and uh, uh, but again, I think Detroit actually now has a huge EDM scene, which isn't my bag, but it's my kid's bag. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it, Detroit seems to keep, keep up with music in in one way or another, which is cool. And then I, I again, it's just, I think in, in the case of Detroit, it's just, a lot of working class people there and it's a great release you know um for the vibe but i wanted to if we can do this uh put on uh walking with the devil so that we can hear a little bit of what you do so that we're not just talking about it sure fantastic i'll do that right now Cool, man. I, I I dig that song. It's uh, it's. I think the the reason I picked it is because it's the first one in my dealings with Pluto Radio that I heard from you, and that we ended up putting on. And uh, I found your voice to be just an amazing thing to listen to, man. How how does a guy? who you know even talking to you you don't sound like some raspy blues guy or anything like that how did you come is it just years of singing and that's what it naturally developed into
1: it is i've always had a throaty um sort of vocal it has got deeper uh with with the years of passing with of all years. that
0: scotch you've been drinking
1: <laughs> well absolutely um but what I'm trying to do with all these things is is, is create something that's a slightly cinematic. My idea of the songs um, is carrying a, a cinematic story, and so I'm trying to be a bit of a storyteller, trying to give an ambience that I envisage in my head where that story is. Now, that story, um, effectively, it's not too dissimilar to... Um, Your know, Robert Johnson type, trait right. You know, of the, and that's, you know, him meeting the devil at the crossroads. Um, you know, we all know there's no devil at the crossroads. The devil's within yourself, and that's that's really what that story is about. And it's of course it's about a killer, uh, and uh, you know, there's a cinematic wee tale within that. Um, but yeah, and the, the vocal thing, I I tend to wait until the, the whole vibe of the song's gone down before I you know finalize how the, yeah. the voice be in there. It's
0: it's, in, yeah. it's interesting because you it just is a really killer blues voice and obviously it's won you awards and accolades uh in part obviously along with your musical abilities. Mm. I do think that you said something that struck a chord in the sense that not only are you like a blues uh presenter but you when you do put your songs together it, it does seem like you play with uh, very defined blues themes in your lyrics in, in other words blues has been around so long not to over intellectualize it because that'd be the worst thing to do with the blues but you a lot of the things um that you sing about have it, it's like you when you write your lyrics you tend to exploit what the idea of in a good way you exploit what the idea of the blues is um, do you mainly write the lyrics? Do you work with other songwriters? Yeah,
1: the, the, no, no. The, the lyrics are my bag. I, I'm I'm totally into the words and the stories. Um, yeah, it, it, I'm nodding if you like. As I said I mentioned Robert Johnson. I'm nodding to those great songwriters um, with something like this song, uh, "Walking with the Devil." So I, I've got those blues idioms going in there, but hopefully taking just a different turn events because you know it's not um it's not about copying or 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 i'm trying to do something that's yeah i
0: didn't mean to imply that you're you're, as a kind of wordsmith you just know there's a certain it seems like naturally or innately you realize there's a certain language that's involved with the blues is all i'm trying to say
1: sure sure there is and uh you know there's an audience that that will identify with that but i'm trying to spread that a wee bit more and, and as i said you know i've got this cinematic thing going on and yes. and uh, you know a, a lot of the uh, there's a lot of blues bands and, and and great players and what have you um who i feel are slightly let down with their lyrics you know because it, it's right. quite an easy thing for me to you know I, I, I'm, not, I'm not you know <clears throat> being negative about anybody because there's, there's millions of brilliant guys out there uh, uh, uh Who are are playing? It's just that for me, I'm taking perhaps a bit of um, a bit of what I've heard and hoping to put it into this melting pot of my life and my and and bring it out as, as something. You know it's intrinsically the blues but it's it's you know it's me it's intrinsically me too so it's- yeah
0: and, and i also don't mean to imply it, that it's just stayed in some way where it's blues that's predictable because if you take a song like motel blues you certainly infuse it with uh contemporary imagery and to use your language which i totally agree with your vibe is very cinematic you know, the whole references to James Dean and, and, I mean, there's a lot of contemporary language in use in your lyricism, but it also seems to just have these, these cool bits of what the blues is rooted in all along. That's what I find fascinating about it.
1: Well, I think, you know, I've been listening, listening to that. I mean, right. I listen to really everything and, and uh, you know, there's, there's so many great songwriters and it's the, it's the guys that have got the lyrics, um, and, uh, you know the, the, the poets out there that the, you know those are the guys that make me sit up and think. Wow, you know, <laughs> I've never thought of it along, along those lines. Or, or you've told a story that oh, that just really intrigues me. And and um, you know, so uh, you know, on my path to find a t- tell a tale of that sort, um, you know, that's that is um, what I'm looking at. You know, at the moment I'm listening to. It's not blues guys, Amigo the Devil, and and people like that who are right, are writing, who are writing great, great lyrics, who have got stadiums singing along with the lyrics, and I think that's fantastic, you know. And these are dark lyrics; these are these are talking about death and and all what's all sorts right. of, them. but and but just people identify with it, and it's kind of um, you know, and I think it is intrinsically him that comes across in his his stuff, you know. So. Yes, I'm very aware that I I have to appeal to an audience. So, yes, perhaps there's blues. um, I wouldn't say cliches are within there, but the the blues ideas within my lyrics. But uh, hopefully, there's a a bit more expansion in stories too.
0: I find it to be the case. And again, I, I didn't mean to imply it in any way. It's just like, you know, I got an old woman. I got an old woman. Yeah, I got an old woman. That's not the kind of thing. I'm just saying there are elements of that in the work that you do. Uh, you brought up an interesting point as well. So you have uh, a secondary or another project called the Mescal Canyon Troubadours as well, correct?
1: I do. Well... Yeah, um, it's kind of... I
0: was, I was going to ask, does that give you a freedom to, to kind of maybe play with something in a different formula? Is that why you have the
1: two? Different... I, my overarching, um, overarching story, if you like, is a thing called Welcome to Voodooville. And over the past 10 years, I've kind of developed this. So there are, there are various things uh, which gives me the freedom not to be um, pigeonholed. So it, my my little, tag, yeah. my little tagline for welcome to Voodooville is there there are eight million stories in Voodooville, Voodooville. this these are a few of them. So it effectively gives me free license to 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 tread down any path that I want, you know, musically, lyrically, um, you know, because it, it's it's not just one guy telling a story from. That point of view, so the the Mexico Canyon Troubadours, um it did gig for a while as a as a, a little five piece band electric sort of funky soul thing which fab and and from that um some of the sessions um that I did once i once i've got a band together and we' we're, we're gigging, we do the festies and all like of the festivals and that um I like to take it into the studio and record what we've done right while lay down some of the tracks that we've been working. And out of that, um, some of the backing came through, and I used that for the Tales of the Mexico Canyon Troubadors, which was the the last um, the last release um, that came out. So yeah, you know, it's it does give me freedom. Um, I'm, I'm, I've got my own um, acoustic band full of you know, resonators, double bass, and mandolins, and fiddles, and all that kind of stuff, which is yet another sort of more Americana type thing. Yeah.
0: I think, too, that that borders into the idea that that you fascinate me as well because you have a range of, uh, I don't even know how to say it, you have like, you can play not out of necessity, but you can, if you're gigging to a smaller house, you can almost package what you're doing based on some of the music that you've created, if this makes sense. And if you play to a larger house, you're ready to go on that count as well.
1: Yeah, and, and and you know that's it's that's in some way calculated because uh, you know <laughs> you're not always going to get the the festive gigs. You're going to be playing the, the smaller pubs and, and and clubs and what have you, and, and and you know the the small acoustic band. I did a before lockdown, before this whole covered thing stopped yeah. live live music. Um, I did a, an evening with with Wiley Bo down in uh, what was Olympic Studios in in South London, to where the Rolling Stones recorded. And it's, uh, it's run by a guy called Chris Kempsey, who uh, who actually um, was their producer um, back in the day. And he, he just loves live music. And he has this little intimate show that he puts on. Basically, in the attic of uh, those studios have now become a cinema. But in the attic of there, there's a space that he, he brings um, guys in and, and they do um, evenings of uh, music. And, and and there, it's not possible to take a, a drum kit in and, and you know, right. the, the the rest of the amps and stuff. So, you know, I'll take in the fiddle and the mandolins and the resonators and, and we'll have a couple of hours of storytelling and, and, and songs, you know, and a and, yeah. uh, bit of audience participation, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, it, it is calculated that those live events, those performances are calculated so that I can, you know, <laughs> at least, you know, get a gig from, you know, the, the very smallest to the to the, to the largest.
0: It, the thing yeah. is though it doesn't it feels like um it it feels like a natural step if this makes sense. It feels like because you're you've spent the time with 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 music that is smaller as far as band size that It's not it doesn't strike me as though you just went, well, I got to write songs to play in a small room. You you you've created a big, broad range of music. That's a natural step. All you have to do, it seems, is go, well, I'm only going to do this part of my catalog because I have a three piece thing that I'm doing tonight. When you do larger stuff, do you have like a lot of times I'll hear like female backup vocalists in your music. Do you do you present the big thing on stage with the, Uh the whole band?
1: Yeah, do and uh, you know that's great. It's, I haven't done that for for a while, but you know, with the three backing singers and, and the, the horn section and, and what have you. Yeah, that's ideally if uh, <laughs> if there was money in music, and and all, that is that's the thing that drives me. I would love to to play those big stages with a full yeah. band. You know, well, I love the horn section stuff. Is, for me is great. That's That's got to
0: be exciting. I've never like, I I think the biggest on stage setup for me has been five musicians, but it's, and I love like, you know, not on every song, but I I love the idea of having, you know, these, these lovely lady voices doing backup vocals Mm. and the whole thing. So I'm a bit envious and I I do imagine you just, just packing that stage with a band, you know what I mean? And that's got to be a great feeling from a musician's uh, point of view.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, I've always played with horn sections. You know, this is going, you know, 30 odd years. Ago. You know, I've always had that. It's always been something that I've worked with. And uh, there's something great about being on stage. I mean, these, it's loud, you know, it's, it's like standing yeah. next to somebody playing a bagpipe, you know. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, it's kind of bloody hell that's loud. But, you know, it's, there's so much energy coming yeah. from this acoustic. Effectively, acoustic instrument. You know, it's kind of, it's just brilliant, and, and and I love the the force that that can do. I was doing um, a band, which I will take. I mean, my plan somewhere down the line. I, I'm working on this theater show, which is going to incorporate not only, you know, I said the um, the the backing singers and the the horn sections, uh, but a whole lot of the New Orleans kind of vibey thing that that I do too. Um, and so it's a Rattlin' Bone theatre show and I used to tour with a band called Rattlin' Bone and we would do Dr. John and all this kind of stuff You know, right. a, a fantastic music that, that, that I really love but done with a a wily Bow twist obviously and and kind of again harking back to Alex Harvey a chap that I, I mentioned before from Glasgow this performer who, who would twist songs he, he used to do um, Bethel Brecht and, and, and people like this. Oh, wow. Twist, uh, you know, it, it kind of just twists it into something else that you that just made you know, made my jaw drop when I was a kid, you know. It's kind of yeah. just brilliant. Um, so my idea with this theatre show is, is yeah, I can put on, I've got, a, I know the, the stage, I, I'm going to that, put people that are going to be doing the um, the stage props and what have you, Um so I'll know the stage, I'll know the setup, and, and what I want to do with this is effectively do what we did when I toured the festivals you know, 10 years ago with the band, bring that to the stage, but add all the other little ideas that were floating around at the time to make it a, a real uh, theatre show. Nice. And it won't, ju- it won't just be me as a, as, a, as a performer there. It's going to be you know a whole range of characters and a whole range yeah. of, of musicians that will be on stage, so you know that's 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 if you know gigs ever open up again. <laughs> no, I
0: gotcha. And by the way, if you're looking for some slick American with a baritone voice, I I I'd take up the audition anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Great yeah. Do you do you consider it like you seem like a real down earth character in re, in real life? Talking to you now, or a person that talking to you now? Do you consider that you fabricated? kind of a persona that you step into as as wiley bull walker
1: yeah absolutely when i go on stage i'm a different person it's just it's a weird transition i i think you go on stage i mean it's a different it's yeah. a different thing i yeah I, I, I can't explain it. It's, it's an odd thing. <laughs> well, I,
0: do, at- I, I hide behind the idea who I am on stage. Other people seem really natural of just being completely themselves on stage. And I guess that's what prompted the question is mm-hmm. in a strange way, I think that you did build a uh, really interesting character who sings. I mean, it, it is you. It doesn't seem separate from you. Mm-hmm. But that was that was what the impetus of the question was. And, and does, that, does that give you... Do you think you do that to create a, a safe space for you to be creative, or do you like I hide behind it because I'm always a little shy and always feel like I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to be good at this. Um, so, which wh- what would your reasoning be if you had to analyze? I, it?
1: I've yeah, I'm a bit of a show. I've always been a show, hmm. um, and I acknowledge that. And uh, you know, um, some of the people in the band will say, "Oh, for God's sake, Walker, just <laughs> dial it back." when I go on stage, it's just a different thing. Um, nice. I've been performing, you I know, mean, I remember performing before school. I was probably about four, four or five years old. I remember singing, what was that? King of the Road. Oh, I yeah. I was four, four years old doing it at some church fest, uh, church um, concert thing. Uh, singing this thing, like some precocious um, yeah. Jimmy Osmond type character, you know. So that's where I came from. And, and
0: it hasn't got any better. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't, tra- but you know, trailer for sale or rent, baby. That's it, yeah. <laughs> you know the whole deal. That's that's so fascinating that uh, we all come from different places with it. And really, I guess when you go and see a show, you don't, you're not going to know what 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 that is with that person. But yeah, it's cool because you really seem to have created this at least this place where this guy's bigger than life. And especially uh largely, I would say because of the way that you vocalize, it is, it's a big voice that you unleash.
1: I want it to be entertaining. I, the thing I think, you know, there's a, there's a recording artist and there's a performing artist really. Aren't right. there? There's two separate characters, aren't there? And, uh, you know, I, I try to um encompass or I try and wear both of those hats. Um, You know, the recording thing's a big thing. I mean, from the past year, for me it's, its kept me alive you know I've got my studio here and, and what have you and I've been working with with you know people from all, all over um and the performing you know it's it's, it's just another it's, it's an extension um to what you do and it's kind of how how well can you do both of those things and then, you know you sh- you're learning I mean' it's, it's a constant learning um you know think curve um every time I go and see a band, I think, oh, that was fantastic. I love yeah. the way they did that, you know, and, and maybe I'll maybe I'll pinch a bit of that or incorporate kind of that in my show or yeah. of that. kind of it's it's a nonstop. It's like listen to a record. You think, wow, how did they do that? Or that sounds so cool. So it is it's just this is learning experience and and just I don't know, merging it all into into these these characters. Yes, um, the Wiley Bo thing on stage is, is is different, and it's kind of, um, you know, I, I, I do what I do. And, and I hopefully it's entertaining to, to the people who get it or, or dig it or, or what have you. Well,
0: I also, I guess part of where my thinking came from on that too is um, if you see, if I look at your promotional materials, it seems like you've taken some time to figure out what makes that persona comfortable and and he's a bit flashy i would say which is cool in my mind yeah um yeah. and it,
1: it's your presentation's very cool it's not shoe it's kind of it is in your face it's slapping you around the face of you yeah bit, but
0: it? it's not overkill i don't find it to be overkill at all i find it when i uh i think at pluto we use a couple different like promotional shots of you when we add your vibe into the stream and i i think the one with the kind of groomed mustache yeah is the one that i personally go that that dude just looks like the coolest dude on the planet (laughs) now you know what i mean so it's like that's what gave me the idea the persona because the other one i think is just a shot of you playing guitar yeah so it's a little less uh like of a presentation of like this is what the music's about um (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah, the the, um, the the dude with the guitar with the the kind of the the dark filter yeah. on it you know, that 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 does kind of sum up, I think, um, the whole Voodoo vibe and right. and you know I, I was hoping that that um, those that photo session would do that. Um, the other the other one you know the got of of live shots. It was just a, uh, was some chap I think I was playing some festival over in Skegness and and. Uh, which is kind of a a bluesy rock British festival uh, that's on earlier in the year. And um, some guy just caught me on stage and and sent me the photo. And I I thought, yeah, that's pretty good. It's a great shot, man yeah you know and kind of and i I try and credit the photographer every time i i I use it that's easier said than done but you know i I try and credit the the photographers and what have you but yeah good shots and and yeah um as i said the 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 darker shot the the more filtered shot that uh, you're talking about i think does sum up the 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 vibe of this whole voodooville
0: yeah they're both cool and they both made the same point to me of like like this guy is this guy, meaning I don't know if it's a persona. I don't know if it's the real dude, but obviously we've discussed that. Hey, I don't want to be neglectful. I'm going to throw on uh, killers on the run. Great. Yeah, man. Uh, Just another another amazing song. I, I realized when I sat down to figure out what music to present in the podcast that your catalog is so huge. Usually I stick in like three songs from the artist and I'm like, there is no way I could I could honestly represent what you do in a podcast putting on three of your songs. Uh, so maybe one day I'll advance it to like a five-hour show, and we could begin to touch ah. upon that. <laughs> great, great stuff. You would talk to briefly about being in the recording studio. Are you a tyrant in the recording studio? Or are yeah. you liberal with? Nope. Is it, does it does it set down fast for you, or is it a painful experience?
1: It's it's not a painful experience. It's it's my home, and uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy working in the studio. Um, I am a tyrant, a complete tyrant. And uh, you know, people <laughs> that, that work with me. Uh, there's a there's a, a woman who has done a whole lot of my backing vocals over the years, and and she would back this up. That it, things have to be just so, and, and right. You know, everybody can bring. Uh, everybody does bring. Uh, that's the thing. Uh, um, I love everybody to bring their own thing to the to the show. To you know, and so it, it's it's bringing that, but it needs to be when I get to mix and produce, I'm very, I'm lethal with the the cutting, you know, <laughs> I get it.
0: No, I understand.
1: Yeah. People can say, where's that little bit? I really like them. Sorry. That just didn't work, you know, yeah. whatever. And it, that is it. It's kind of, I'm, I'm I'm looking at, I guess how a director sitting in the cutting room, um, you know, Tarantino sitting in the cutting room, doing the masterpiece well, another masterpiece that he's putting together he's i imagine ruthless and, and said well this bit doesn't work and, and that have you so nowhere comparing myself to something like that but that's how i view the music i I'm, I'm, I'm put and i listen to everything and everything in its place but uh you know at the end of the day i am quite lethal with the um the splicing cutting and splicing or cutting and pasting these days I like, again it's not pasting it's kind of cutting
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> was... well i i find the results uh fantastic um i i worked on a song with a new york producer cody melville and it was this cinematic thing and he i tend to be kind of in the front of my mouth when i'm singing and it's i'm not shy of volume and and he's like john i really want you to do this kind of breathy thing and i remember i sent him because this is in the new age that you're talking about where you know cut paste, stems it's all new language but so i send him the stems and uh you know pretty quickly on he he emails me back and says uh i i think you missed the whole bus there buddy you, you know what i mean so I, it was kind of that thing of that you're talking about where it's not that he's being a tyrant i mean we're using that language as a as kind of, i'm using it as a joke per se. Yeah. But he's demanding, right? And so Mm. I I took his notes and I redid it and it took two or three or four tries between shuffling back and forth. But my point would be, as applied to what you're talking about, the end result, I was a much better singer and the song was a much better song. So uh, that, I assume, is what what you end up finding with your talent and yourself, right? You're demanding really on yourself, not them.
1: Um, Absolutely, it's kind of a... And it has come from years of, of going into studios and, and coming back out with, you know, tapes and, you know, recordings that I wasn't happy with or, or you know, the right. band sit down after thinking, well, yeah, it was okay, but it wasn't great. And it's was kind of, well, what was the problem there? And, you know, um, so for the past 15 years, I guess, I've been working away um and and trying to remedy that you know so we're going to i mean obviously i'm working here in a, in a post-production studio i'll go into a um a professional studio to record brass section and the guy's over in, in new york or, or over here i'll do drums and, and bass i always record drums and bass together get that bounce and that bite right um and, and hopefully new guitar at the same time. But, you know, that's not always possible. But, um, you know, it, there's that. And then I can bring it all back. And, and then I've got my time to mix. I tend to do my vocals um, separate. You know, I'll, I'll do a guide vocal with the guys in studios and I'll bring it back. And, and I am my own worst critic, you know, much right. like you're talking about. And, uh, you know, doing a breathy vocal, as you mentioned, yeah, you know, I I can do that, and it's kind of it's just capturing a certain vibe, mood, yeah. you can't do it all the time. I te- when I'm doing vocals, I tend to have three takes, and if I haven't got it, no, nah, that song ain't happening. I, yeah, I might come back to it, you know, months down the line, but that ain't happening. So it is it is a performance thing. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I find the same. I find not, I, I, you know, I, I don't expect you to even be aware of my work, but I find the same thing where if I'm years ago, I would have done 2000 takes because it was the idea of perfection. I'm of the thinking that you are, I try to honestly prep, 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 and then do it in one take. That's what I'm shooting to do. It it, it mm-hmm. seldom happens where I don't have to punch something in, but that's my, and I won't go much more than five shots at it. And, mm. and I'll, I'll come back the next day and and I'll just go, okay, well, that was rehearsal to really do it because I'm not going to sit and, and turn a vocal performance into a cut and paste version of nope. what a vocal, you know, and it's the same, I'm sure I'm not a guitar player at any status, but I'm sure for you, it's the same with the guitar too. You don't want to, you don't want to just punch in the part. You want it to have the fluidity of the song.
1: Absolutely. And it's kind of, um, that's always been my thing. It's it's very old school way of recording, I think. Um, it's always about performance. So uh, I work a lot with a, a guy called Ed Brayshaw, E.D. Brayshaw. And, uh, you know, he is gobsmackingly brilliant on guitar. You know, it's kind of, de- <laughs> And, you know, it's kind of... But it's about capturing that yeah. moment of brilliance. To me, that's what music always was about. It was kind of... And that's what recording was about, you know. The Miles Davis, you know, you're not going to, oh, can you just do those two bars again? You know, it's kind of, it's not done like that. It was, that's your performance, you know, it's kind of, yeah. I, I, and, and you know, for me, I'll do, as you're saying, you know, the, the first take probably gets for me, you know, on a vocal 90% of it. And yeah. if, you know, and, and then it's possibly just a couple of tuning little bits or you know little phrases. I don't go back because it, it's not it's not what I want to portray. It's not yeah. the thing. And I kind of um, Danny, the the um, chap that I work with in in New York, he does all the horn arrangements. Uh, he works with Ken Lewis, who uh, produces Kanye West and whatnot, and they do a lot of the the hip hop stuff, and 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 it's great, you know. So what they they get up to is absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> I don't know how these guys can can do this kind of thing, but uh, they kind of work stuff up from two bars at a time, you know. So it's right. just kind of, and it, that's that's not me. I, I, it, I, it's fine if you're coming from it from that that thing. I come from. You know way back in the 60s when bands were just they were stuck in front of a four track recorder and that yeah. you record it and that's it you know it's kind of um and to me that's what i know it's kind of it is just capturing these the guys that i work with their performances and and, and doing the best i can um to give you know to give it the best light you know so yeah I, the two bar thing you know i I, I can't do that. I, can.
0: I also find it interesting too that, um, like, you can stack vocal tracks now. Right <laughs> back in the day, when I was in, you know, uh, analog studios, you you had limitations of tracks. At least when I first started, and I didn't have a lot of money to go to the bigger studios, so you had to decide what you were going to do. But now I could literally stack twenty tracks of different vocals and cut and paste between all of them. And, and I would, when I first started dealing with like um, a computer, I would, I would stack like six tracks and I'd erase one. And after a while I realized the energy of the first one, two or three tracks was completely different than the well-practiced energy towards the end of that day. And so I, I found it for that reason. I found that it was, it was more in my interest to, to sing it as close to the performance as you can in the early takes and be done with it. Did you yeah, find similar things?
1: Definitely. It is, is kind of, you know, I, I'm writing on an acoustic guitar. So, you know, um, pity the neighbors and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm I'm i <laughs> crash this thing until I find that I'm happy with it and, and what have you. And then, you know, then it's, you know, it's the process of taking it to the band and then recording all that kind of stuff. So there's a whole lot, a whole lot of rehearsal of that vocal part before i get to the studio so it's not i'm not building at that point i'm just trying to capture and and and, but it is an old school way of working um and i appreciate that and it's kind of (laughs) that's just who i am Uh, yeah Is you know as i said i get the i I, there's an enjoyment of um playing a song you write a song on the acoustic i don't know how you write john but uh, it's the acoustic guitar invariably for me and uh you know i'll take that and uh I perhaps write more lyrics when I'm out walking dog and all that kind of stuff, but right. the, the basics comes from thrashing that acoustic and singing at the top of my voice and, and annoying the neighbors. You know? <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm good at annoying mine as well. So um <laughs> it's interesting too. We I think uh off mic we talked briefly about different versions of songs, and this is an interesting thing that that I wouldn't have thought about so many years ago because I wouldn't have been able to create different versions of my songs uh, due to finance or whatever. But I almost look at it now where every song is just that, which kind of stitches into what we're talking about. It's that performance that week or so, whatever time I took to work on that song. It doesn't mean that that's the way that song has to sound the next time I do it. Do you feel... Nope the same way about it
1: oh absolutely and and with the the different people that i work with um you know and what they bring to songs um sometimes just you know it's, it's like going as i said earlier that uh, go see a band i'll get so much out of it working with all these different dudes playing and what they bring to a song can take something down a different path um now there's a song that was on uh, the Rosewood ride, a song called Night of the Hunter, which kind of, it, um, it's on the same album that uh, Killers on the Run uh, comes from. Um, I worked with Ed uh, Shaw, and uh, it's kind of very guitar-led, kind of got this doorsy undertone to it. Right. And uh, But taking that uh, to New York with Danny and the Horn guys, we've kind of given it this almost... Um, I don't know. It's almost like an LA cop show kind of vibe. Uh, it just uh, there's there's something about the horns that they put in there that, that's taking that song in, in a different level. Right. Similar kind of vocal performance that I'm doing both, I think, warranted a kind of deep breathy thing that we're you know, we we're talking about earlier, uh, and not a full-on shout vocal. But it just working with this guy the song uh, enough for it to be a separate entity, and I think it warrants another release. You know, a, a release on a different album because, you know, uh, but there's there's also the thing you're covering your own music. You don't have to pay license fees. You know, right? That's nice too. <laughs> and, and, and like you said,
0: it's like a different group of uh, musical types, uh, meaning you know even different instruments. In the case that you're describing, and it 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 changes the vibe in an interesting way without. Without a lot of changes, I mean, it's still true to the structure of what you wrote, and I find it fascinating to be honest.
1: Yeah, you know, I I love that about music. You, know, you imagine, you know, it's different with classical music, I guess. You know, but yeah. uh, I, I, would they do that? You I mean that? Who would know? You know, <laughs> bring Tchaikovsky up to, you know, bring back yeah. into the twenty first century. What are they going to do? Yeah, here's Pro it, Tools. Oh, jeez.
0: yeah it's like wow you can do anything you want with it the thing too is like i used to when i was younger when you go and see a band i was disappointed sometimes or a lot of times when the music didn't sound like the album Mm. and i guess too that's what i'm talking about where that that thinking is is like dinosaur thinking at this point uh which i've been known to do but uh, it does seem a little (laughs) antiquated in a way
1: you know i do think that audiences do want to hear the songs that they love you know they've bought the ticket they want to hear that, you know, it's kind of, and to that extent, you know, a lot of the, the big bands, they are flying in, um, they've got pro tools on their, you know, the sound desk, yeah. and they're flying a lot of stuff, you know, Indeed. The, to, to make it sound like this is how you heard that song, you know, so, but, and I get it, you know, it's kind of, they're spending, you know, lots of money, you know, a $100 on a ticket, you want to hear the song that you yeah. want to, hear, you know, I, I, I truly get that. But on my level, it's kind of what you're getting. Come and see my band is 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 what you get on the night, and it'll be, you know, like most musicians, it will differ from the vibe of the audience. Everything, it kind of, and we can elongate things. We can cut. It's just you know that's, yeah. that's kind of more honest um, musical experience. I think you know it's kind of I think they call it the crack in in Ireland. You know, it's kind of is that that. Pump thing where everybody just you're all part and parcel of the, the the whole moment.
0: Yeah, it's it is it's fascinating. I dropped from a, a rhythm guitar player, lead guitar player scenario, where it was just one guitar player. So I'm a singer in front of three guys, and I found it fascinating how much, how much in a strange way, it was more enlivened with less players because because there's a little more room for the guitar player to not worry about what he's crashing into or what he's not crashing into with another guitar player. And it's sure. fascinating like one element like that you wouldn't think makes a difference it's, but it can change things
1: it, dramatically. It's a learning process and it's funny enough. I was I was mixing a track today and it's kind of it's what you're cutting out that makes the song it's kind of right. it's all you can take stuff away in the song all of a sudden, just becomes bigger. It's it's, it's it's a really odd thing. You would think throwing every little phrase. Oh, I've heard this phrase. This, you think throwing it makes the the song yeah. huge, but it doesn't. It's kind of you can get. You, sure, you can get the um. And I do love Phil Spector's arrangements, you know, right? But he's a, a a guy to talk about. But I mean, his um sixties, those big everybody in a room with one microphone kind of thing, um, or you know microphones fed into basements, and all that kind of stuff. I did, I did love that concept of, of this, this huge you know, wall of marvel. sound. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of, that's that, that is something, but as you, as you say, you know, your voice in front of, you know, a couple of acoustic guitars. Yeah. It, it, it's powerful. You know, yeah. There's a connection that people get from that.
0: It's interesting. I also wondered too, when you're in the studio, um, because a lot of your music has so many elements to it, horns, backup singers. Does that, do you feel sometimes like you have to, you have to orchestrate those parts pretty tightly to make them work as the arranger Mm -hmm. producer. And then you might have an open place to play. Like say when you're playing your guitar is it, it, does that sometimes make you feel a little less free when you're doing like, you, you understand what I'm asking where you have to make sure everything's stitched tight. make it to make it work
1: yeah I think um, yeah definitely with the horns and the backing singers. fortunately you know Danny is uh, just comes across with these amazing horn arrangements we did a a big band album uh, just aside to your question there we did a big album uh, eight nine years ago and we were we were looking we're examining horn arrangements over the decades and effectively the the album sort of looks at you know horns from the 40s through the 50s 60s 70s you know and through so we do a, a couple of tracks or a track from each of these periods and, and and how the different arrangements work but he is so um tight and down with that side of things i don't really have to to i mean i will um you know cut stuff that it maybe overflows into into other stuff And the woman um, who does the 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 backing vocal arrangements, uh, Karina Kay, she again is just another, you know, brilliant person. And uh, you know, she she knows instinctively what will work. So I kind of it makes the life of me as the producer um, so much easier. You know, these guys they're they're working at a level that uh, you know I I look up to, and it's kind of they're phenomenal. So it makes life really easy you know when when people are on the same page and you know we've got the the vision of, of what we're wanting trying to achieve with with the albums right you know it, it's kind of yeah i kind of I rely a uh, nod to these guys talents
0: so in your workflow uh part of what makes it seem um fluid is the i like you'll set down you say you you start to work typically with drums and bass as your preferred Mm. way and then maybe add guitar maybe at the time so you'll have a a solid idea of the percussive for them to arrange on and then they'll they'll take that listen to that and then they'll go they'll come back to you and say here's what i'm thinking yeah. And that, that either gets a pass or a fix from you, a suggested fix yeah. from you. And then the the vocalists come in and kind of approach it the same way. I'm sure you feed them all some ideas on what you're looking for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and and some of the things, you know, I'll send Danny, um, uh, you know, if, we, if we're doing something um, over the internet, I'll send Danny some rough brass arrangements and he'll listen to it. And yeah, okay. There's a couple of instrumentals that I've done. And uh, you know, I've, I've I've sat down and I've orchestrated the you know what I thought was a great brass sectional piece, and he'll he'll run with that, and uh, he'll just correct the the, the parts because uh, I'm not <laughs> I'm not a brass player, so it's kind right. of um, I'm just writing stuff that I you know this is what I'm hearing and, and what have you, and he'll, he'll he'll run with that, and likewise with the with the singers, Karina um, will come across with stuff that. She comes from a background with their um, sort of the whole soul thing, you know, the Shaka Khan type stuff and, and all and, and, and I love all that. It's kind of yeah, like,
0: it's great stuff.
1: You know, it's fab. It just it just moves you and and those backing singers that they use and those productions that they did in, in that particular era were fantastic. And and uh, she's got all that off pat and it's kind yeah. of like working with these guys. <laughs> That's it's cool. Just, yeah, no, it's just fun. It's great, and it's, they come—they come across with stuff that, bloody hell, I would never have thought of that. <laughs> you are like, damn,
0: this—this this is a good ride today, is what you're thinking. It,
1: yeah, yeah, that's, I, that's that's that's
0: okay, you know. And you're inside, you're like, damn, that's good stuff. <laughs> do you? I, I only got one more question about that. Do you? Do you, are you the guy who does like, okay, because you play guitar, you hmm. go, no, 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 this is what I want, and you play it on the guitar, or do you go, no, 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 this is what I want, and you actually sing, no, I want.
1: Could be both. Could, nice. could be. Could be either. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there will be some nonsensical uh, WAV files floating around of me singing ridiculous lines. But yeah, right. Uh, Guitar is easy as well, so it's kind of this is this is what I'm at for. <laughs> That's
0: funny, man. It is funny trying to convey ideas to people under those situations. It's really cool.
1: It's kind of this kind of description. I, I'm funnily enough, I was doing a track that I'm working on today. I, I'm wanting this. Um, I'm working the string section, and I'm working wanting this kind of psycho violin thing going yeah. on. So. Beep, you know it's kind of <laughs> and there's no other way of describing what i'm after but it's psycho and it's this repeated you know, no i
0: got it's you, man that's cool yeah. how many <laughs> instruments do you actually play and then how many do you play at a proficiency level
1: yeah uh, i play a lot of instruments i think probably like everyone like you're a good son. nice um you know and but guitar double bass once upon a time was, wow. was pretty good at and uh, you know bass guitar sure um, and vocals and acoustic guitar and yeah you know and guitar you know and double yeah, bass I
0: mean, double bass is a thing all itself man that's the seldom bass, seen thing
1: double bass is a fantastic uh, for me yeah. it, when playing in these um bands it's like a workout you know it's kind of it's like going to the gym because it's, it's it really is a difficult thing to play it is. you know two hours set on a double bass? You know about it, you really do. And it's a, but it's a great, great instrument. I love double bass.
0: It is. I there was a cat in LA. I'd go and see his band. and He played double bass, and it was just amazing to watch and listen to this mm-hmm. guy. I I cheated when I played bass. I bought a Mustang, so I didn't okay. have to. I didn't have to stretch my fingers in the process. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what What do you think if we did? I was going to put on Drive the Mescali <laughs> mix. Um, yeah. Yeah, is yeah, there, yeah, is there drive? But that's another mix.
1: There is. There's the the uh, the, the black top mix, which is the the horn section version. Ah, interesting. So this this is the more surfing, and I'd really like this version actually. Um, yeah, that, with that kind of surfing guitar thing. That, that's yeah, it's happening.
0: pretty freaking cool, man
1: yeah i I like this and it it kind of as i was uh mixing this like yeah yeah i really (laughs) i know listen to you know can you you don't listen to your own stuff um you know nine times out of ten but that song i will listen to because it makes me feel happy (laughs) well
0: i'm going to put that on right now and then we'll be back to talk a bit more Yeah, that is. That's kind of got this um, this uh, West Coast vibe in a way.
1: Yeah, I've got I've got a friend who has actually got a, well had a '57 Chevy. It was a red '57 Chevy with the, the white walls and everything. And I'm uh, so jealous. And uh, he he would drive down to Monterey and and he said, uh, you know, it's kind of all the things that you 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 know, somebody in the UK a rainy. Sad little island, you know, stuck over in, the, oh, no. in the, off <laughs> yeah, yeah It's kind of it, and then you guys over <laughs> with yeah. the sun, the, the highways and stuff like that, you know. So yeah, it's a fantasy. So but, yeah, but, and and I can disappear into that fantasy in that song.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a fun tune. There's no doubt about it. I I want to thank you so much for uh letting me talk to you. Um, I I do think that you're an amazingly talented guy and uh, your music's well worth uh, people's time to listen to it. Could you let the people that are listening know a good place to get a hold of you as far as finding your material? I know you have your .com, but I'll let you just explain where people should go.
1: I think uh, my Bandcamp page, I think uh, a lot of independent artists use Bandcamp, and yeah. uh, you know it's a, it's, a great, uh, it's a great platform. So for me, it's Wileybo, W-I-L-Y-B-O, com. And Fantastic. you'll find a, you'll find a lot of stuff there. Yeah, great speaking with you, John.
0: Oh, thank you, man. And hopefully we can do it again soon. Maybe, maybe yeah. when COVID goes away and you got something going on, do keep me posted. And, and uh, as you know, I'll be promoting the hell out of you over there on Pluto Radio because I just dig what you do, man.
1: Brilliant. Thanks very much, John. You're welcome. Cheers. <laughs>
0: hey there, this is John. I want to thank everyone for listening to the Mobile Radio Carnival at the CEF I also want to say, hey, thanks, Wiley Bo, for being on the show.